(laughs) Hey, I'm Sherry. And I'm Marty. Tired of hearing bad news everywhere you turn? Well, we are. We're taking a little journey back to simpler times. Come along for the ride as we share some of our fun childhood memories. Might even jog some of your memories, too. Mm, I don't know, Marty. My memory lane is like a cul-de-sac these days. Hey, that is not going to stop us. Come join us for Just Just Jiggle Jiggle the Handle. Handle. So Sherry, did you have any pet peeves that you had in childhood that have kind of transferred themselves into something of significance later in your life? Any little pet peeves that you had as a kid? I, well, I don't know if these are pet peeves, but when we were kids, if somebody was being like snotty, like if you were going back and forth with someone and they're like, yeah, and that's not how that is. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure bet. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I know you are, but what am I? That kind of stuff. Like even when somebody kids around and has that tone, I go back to being like seven years old. Like I get furious because it's such a, mm-mm, yeah, huh, mm-mm. So I don't know if that qualifies for a pet peeve, but- That's a good one. And then something else that I hated because I was traumatized by this when I was a kid is that, did somebody ever tell you a joke and then you didn't get it, but you pretended you got it? Sure. And then they go, oh yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, right. (laughs) And then you're stuck there like you have to- Yeah, and busted wasn't even invented yet. But yeah, and then you feel like an idiot and you're like, well, I know what it is. And they're like, no, you don't. And it was usually something racy or something. Thing, you know, and I was trying yeah. to, but I don't like that. I don't. I, and, and that's something that has stuck with me. Like when people try to put you in a position where you're going to look stupid, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I hate that. Yeah. But it happened to me a lot. I remember because I wanted to, the last thing you wanted to do is say, oh, I don't, I don't understand I don't that. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't yeah. get that. You know, so, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's far. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, I know what it means. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Sure bet. You know, it's like a, it's a whole cycle. And I think my sister probably did it to me too, which is Mm -hmm. kind of cemented it in. So that's what I got. How about you? Well, my dad was a journalism major in college and he always worked in writing of some sort. So grammar has always been a big thing with me. And I remember in, I think eighth grade, I remember there were a couple of the The girls from the richer families, the daughters of doctors and lawyers whose families belong to the country club, which of course my family did not, they used to pick on me. But I remember it was an English class and I got distracted and the teacher said, Martha, why don't you give us an example? And I looked up and was panicked because I had no idea what he had been talking about. And I said, where are we at? And the whole class burst into laughter, including the two rich girls who were sitting right in front of me, just laughed and laughed at me, only to find out that they were studying, don't put a preposition at the end of the sentence. Which So I had <laughs> exemplified exactly, you know, where, where are we at? <laughs> oh, Marty's an idiot. Okay, so. Or genius. Yeah. See, I gave you an example. Yes. I mean. But no, it wasn't a genius thing. But that's so. <laughs> So stuck with me for the rest of my life that literally when I would work on movies and we had walkie talkies and somebody would, <laughs> I would lecture them and say, whatever you do, don't <laughs> say, where are you at? If I would say, can you bring me the bottle of water? And if they said, where are you at? I wouldn't answer them. And I would say, rephrase the sentence. <laughs> I'm not going to, it would just drove me insane. So still to this day, whenever anybody says, where are you at? My whole body shakes my little eighth grade self. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was oh, so traumatized by being and... laughed at in front of the whole class. Yeah. And my dad they... was a journalism major. <laughs> yeah, but they thought you did it on purpose. No, I bet. they didn't. No, they knew I hadn't been paying attention. Where are you at? Where oh, it's at? the best. And it's still to this day, if anybody says, you know, between you and I, these little synapses happened in my brain that make it explode as opposed to having the correct preposition and the pronoun. But yeah, I, I worked with a friend. We were going to do something. She said, well, I, I've got to be to work at whatever time it was. I got to be to work. And how do you say, you know, when you're saying your guises, like you and Scott, you're some, a possession of yours. Yeah. It's your guises. How do you, what would you- You know, it's you, funny you should say that. Well, I would say Scott's in my anniversary right. or something, but it's funny you should say that because a friend of mine is a writer and she sent me a note saying, I'm going to throw in fake names here, but I'm going to send you Lorraine and I's script, Lorraine and I's script. And I'm thinking, you're a writer? I don't think I want to read the script. Yep. <laughs> I'm afraid here. Yeah. Would you say I'll send you I's script? So I'm actually really picky about a lot of grammar things. Some things just drive me crazy, especially when you're using prepositions like with, from, between, for. You wouldn't say this is from you and I, because if you only use one of those words, this is from I, sounds ridiculous, right? Right. So you would say this is from him and me because it's object of a preposition. Well, that's all you have to do, right? Is just take out the other person and see if it makes sense. Why don't you come along with he and I? You wouldn't say coming with I. You wouldn't say coming with he. You'd say coming with him and me. Or you just say we're going. We're going to we're the all going. diner. Come on down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I say. When in doubt, just avoid the whole roundabout. Just do yes. not go near it. Sadly, and not enough people avoid that roundabout. It's true. And I feel like I'm in stuck in the circle, <laughs> avoiding the. Cars. You can't get out. I can't. Yeah, get out. I think though when some, I think people. People think that when you say I, it sounds proper somehow. Yeah. yeah. Folks, it's not. Okay. (laughs) It's not always. (laughs) And don't even get me started with she and me went to the store. Yeah. No, me didn't went to the store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, between you and I. It really... (laughs) Stop. My brain just exploded. Oh, and then also the other one is the one that you would just add a verb onto, like you're better than me. It's you're better than I am, or you're smarter than me. You would say you're smarter than I am, but you're just leaving off the verb. So the, the correct thing is you're smarter than I. You're demonstrating right now that you are smarter than I am. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, this is more like a public service announcement. Yeah. Then <laughs> people are going, that's who not cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who cares? Right. I care if you want to be my friend, which you probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll meet you for dinner. Just tell me where we're, we're going to be at. Uh, oh, sorry. All right. All right. That's enough. Talking's hard. Do you remember the I Love Lucy where she's tr- she's going to like kind of like go to finishing school or something and the guy says there are two words you should never say. One is swell and the other one's lousy. And she's like, all right, well, tell me the lousy one first. <laughs> all right. So another thing that I think I mentioned before pet peeves when I was a kid was being late. Our family was always late getting to everything. Mm. And, you know, I'd never see the beginning of a movie. I have no idea. There's like 50 movies I've never seen the beginning of. (laughs) 
But now to this day, if somebody's late and we're supposed to meet at one o'clock for lunch and somebody's late and doesn't have a good excuse or hasn't called me or when dates would show, you know, thank God for Scott. But like if a date was supposed to show up and they didn't show up, ah, it just sets this visceral reaction off. You know, I used to have these nightmares that a volcano was erupting in our backyard and we couldn't get away fast enough because our family was so slow getting in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And let's see, what else? I I remember in third grade, our teacher would talk to us like kids Um, and that would really bug me. I I remember making notes in my notebook saying, when I'm an adult and I'm talking to kids, I'm going to talk to them like adults because it just feels so like she's talking down to us and making us less than. Yeah. Yeah. Pedantic. And so, you know, now when I talk to my great nieces and nephews, I... For some reason, they don't really last long in the conversations about quantum physics, but I really make an effort to talk to them as adults. I think we talked about it before that when people are talking, when they're eating and they're spitting their, like I have a, it must be called something. I have some kind of phobia about people spitting their food. Mm, And, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because I'm a drooler even to this day. My mom said I wore a bib till I was like pretty old. And if I'm concentrating on something, I will, I can drool, but I'm usually just by myself, which is the reason I'm by myself is probably because I drool. (laughs) Um, but I think I may have shared that story when I was in elementary school in the in kindergarten, and we were all at lunch at our big table, and the kids were all crammed in next to each other, and you know, some kid chewing with his mouth open and his tuna fish sandwich, and he's spitting it on me, and I've got my open yeah. flying nun thermos or whatever I had, and and that's why I made my mom give me a straw so I could put a straw in there and then cover the rest of the top of the thermos with my hand so nothing could get in. <laughs> So that might be not a pet peeve, but bordering on some sort of disorder. So I'm not sure if it qualifies. We'll, um, maybe we can send a survey out and people can vote on that. Give us their pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or their opinion on ours. How about when people say, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's a malaprop, but when people say, like just recently, actually, a friend told me that her nephew didn't get along with his mom and he went to court because he wanted to become emaciated. <laughs> And I had another friend, a friend of a friend, and we were out to dinner and we were talking about interesting foods, eccentric foods. And she was telling us about some type of food. I don't know. It was something weird that I would never eat, but something kind of exotic. And she said, oh yeah, in some countries that's considered a delicatessen. (laughs) I think the hardest part about that is not wanting to go, can you just say that again? Like, I just want to hear it again. Like, did you really say that? And then I realize how antagonistic that is. And, you know, I mean, they made a mistake or, you know, and, and then what do you do? Do you correct them? Because you don't want them to say it again, you know, to somebody else. Yeah, and that's right. the same thing with the grammar. You remind me of my mom when she was staying at the assisted living home and at the dining room. She was very happy that they had tacos with Guatemala sauce instead of tacos with guacamole sauce. <laughs> Oh, that was a cutie. (laughs) Oh, it's great. Yeah. When Brian and I had our restaurant delivery service, we had all these restaurants we delivered from this pre-Grubhub days and whatnot. But one of our restaurants was called N-E-W-D-E-L-H-I Palace. It was an Indian restaurant. And I was talking to my friend Janet and I said, God, you know, we got this new restaurant. It's called New Delhi Palace. (laughs) 
And she was like, what? I mean, I've known her. We've known each other since we were 16. I don't know why I didn't make the connection when I read it that it was Delhi. And of course, that is still to this day, you know, let's drive it into the ground, right? I never... Never heard the end of it. And I, do you remember who John Davidson is? Yeah. This little silver streak in his hair. He was a talk show host and he had his own show. But I remember he was introducing a guest and was obviously just reading the cue cards and hadn't maybe seen this word before he read it on TV. But he said, you know, my, my next guest is the epitome of professionalism. And I remember <laughs> oh, wow. my mom... And I think I was pretty little. I don't I don't even know if I knew what epitome was. I did, you know, or or what it looked like, yeah. but my mom and my mom was an English major. She was very much like Marty and Paula, but she just she was laughing so hard her nostrils were flaring. She just thought that was the best that he cuz he was a handsome guy, but he was kind of like, you know, I don't know how He was obviously reading. Yeah, reading I don't know how sub- substantive yeah. he was, but um Yeah. I shouldn't have used that word because now I sound like John Davidson. But but anyway, she thought that was funny. But When I first moved out here, I, I moved out here to try to get into the motion picture training programs. There was a camera program and an assistant director program. And so I moved out here specifically to try to get into one of those two programs. And I called the program. And for some reason, the head of the program answered. And I was asking him questions like what the qualifications were and all. And he said, so where are you staying? now, where, where'd you find a place to stay? And I said, I'm near Cahunga and I'm not too far from Sepulveda. <laughs> For all our listening audience, it's Cahuenga and Sepulveda right. out here. And he said, let's have lunch. <laughs> So I got to meet with him for lunch and I'm sure his objective was not to tell me anything, not to encourage me to enter the program, just to laugh at how Just to I meet was, a country bumpkin. How I, yeah. yeah. How I pronounce things, the, the new kid but in town. But how would you know? I mean, it's, you know, everything's spelled weird, weirdly. And oh, there, see, I almost did it. I was definitely fresh off yeah, the boat. That's, yeah. If there were a right. boat. I was fresh off the uh, 68 Plymouth boat. Right. <laughs> Hey, it was all invented, right? Language. I mean, that's right. So who's to say what's right and wrong? Apparently you are. Yes, exactly. In uh, Virginia, we have a a town near us called Buena Vista. And of course, out here, it's Buena Vista. So yeah, yeah, I would have been perfectly within my rights to call Buena Vista. Well, and I don't know if you know, but Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, there's another part, Rodeo, in different parts of Los Angeles. So Give us yeah, a break. so we got to cut. Yeah, yeah, cut some people some that's slack, right. Marty. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's always grammar's a fun subject that terrifies me. So, <laughs> when, when in doubt, just don't say anything at all is my motto. Yeah, and it's always risky to say anything because then when you do screw up, people are most anxious to jump on you and make sure you know that you slipped up. Yeah, and speaking of anxious, I had somebody correct me because I used the word anxious and I should have used the word eager. Mm. Like anxious implies that you're worried, Mm. right? But eager implies that you want to know. So I'm anxious to know sounds like I'm wringing my hands waiting for you to tell me what you had for dinner when... Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I stand corrected. Well, I... And I was corrected. And of course I would... And that's another thing. Just FYI to anyone that says, hey, no offense, (laughs) just know that whatever you say, I'm going to be offended. Anything that follows that phrase is... Yeah. And I say that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the first time I said it was to my son, Kyle, when he said, no offense. And I said, well, just so you know, I will be offended with whatever you say. But he said, yeah, in the sunlight, you look like you have like fuzz on your face. 
And I said, oh, thanks. And I'm offended. So, <laughs> And he was little. He was too little for me to be mad. You know, I shouldn't have been mad at him. But I was because that is the kind of good 60s parenting that was handed down to me. And uh, I thought I should, you know. And hopefully he'll have children one day and do the same thing. And we can at least keep the family tradition going. You know, similar agony. Yeah. Oh, we can't wait to hear about your pet peeves and grammar grimaces. Tell us all on our Just Jiggle the Handle Facebook page. Subscribe to our podcast so we have a reason to go on living. And learn more about what made Marty and Sherry the way we are today at Just Just Jiggle Jiggle the Handle. Handle.